0: here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today.
1: Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to have you along with us today for what I think is going to be a tremendous podcast. I have here in the recording studio, Sue Bulls. Sue, welcome to the podcast today.
2: Thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just so glad you're here. You know, you and I have tried to work this out for months and months, haven't we?
2: We have, and it's worth the the wait.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and we have been shooting the breeze for the last half hour or so. We should have recorded all of that. We should have. I'm just telling you, it was good stuff. It was. It it really was good stuff. So, but we got to get down to business here. Sue is an author and a speaker. Uh, she's written a book. What's the title of your book? Sue? This Tell much
2: me. I know: the space between.
1: I, I love that. This much I know because mm-hmm. the chapters end with that little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just think that's incredible what you put it, how you did that. Thanks. But um, she's she's also a speaker. She speaks at different uh, conventions and things. Correct.
2: Conventions, conferences, schools.
1: Right, right. And I just found out this morning. I knew you were a life coach, but I wasn't aware that you were a master certified life coach. Yes. I'm in the presence of dignity here today. You didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we talked a, a little bit about that. And uh, it's, it's, it's the real deal, what you've been through and, and all the training you've had. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me that or right now you've got about five people. Is that correct that you're working with right now? About five clients, yes. Five clients. That's great. That's wonderful. You call yourself, Sue, and I love this, <laughs> you call yourself a hope coach. Yes, man. I wish I'd have thought of that sooner. <laughs> I mean, I wish I, cause I like that hope cause there's hope <laughs> along the journey. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really all about hope. I, cause I realize how desperately people are looking for hope, but I love that hope coach. Wh- why do you call yourself a hope coach?
2: Nothing happens without hope. Mm-hmm. If we don't have hope, we don't reach out to hope. We hope things are going to get better,
1: yeah. But right. we don't
2: take that next step, right? If we don't have hope, we we, we go. we just go through the motions and we waste mm-hmm.
1: our time? Right. That's great. Well, we're going to come back to that toward the end of the podcast here. But I want us to begin. I, I've read your book, loved your book, and I, I just think it's it's a great book. And I would encourage people when we get to the end of the podcast to when you give the information to maybe get a copy. But I'd like you to kind of tell a little bit about the circumstances, your life story, a little bit about all of that that took place back there that has had an impact on Mm -hmm. who you are today. So start wherever you're comfortable with and just share a little bit about your story.
2: I appreciate that. I I do try to give at the start just a short trigger warning Mm -hmm. that if this is some of the things we're going to talk about, um, if they trigger you, please shut the podcast off, take care of some Mm self-care, come back later. We'll be waiting for you. That's great. Having said that, my story starts when I was seven years old. Um, I'm a childhood rape survivor and a classmate raped me after school one day. And last words Bobby said to me were don't tell anybody. Mm -mm. And I didn't realize the prison those words were going to put me in Mm -mm. because it became a 15 year secret. I didn't tell anyone until my senior year of college, a couple weeks, maybe a month or so before I graduated Mm -mm. because of that. My emotions were frozen in time that day. In the early 70s, rape, was not, rape and sexual assault were not on the radar, it wasn't talked about, That's it wasn't right. expected, mm-hmm. it was safe to walk to school. We walked to school, it was a half mile a mile, we walked without yeah. an issue.
1: I did too, it was Yeah, yeah it, was not, right. it
2: was not an issue at all. So you know, I didn't know what had happened, I just knew something wrong had happened, mm-hmm. and I didn't mm-hmm. know what to say, I didn't have the words. And because of that, my emotions got frozen. And when your emotions are frozen, then everything else just becomes an iceberg on top of that. By the Mm -hmm. time, the longer something's in the freezer, the bigger the ice gets. So by the time I told somebody, I had an iceberg on top of my heart. I had developed an eating disorder in college. I was twice suicidal. I'd been depressed. Um, Even when I started dealing with it, finally I Mm -hmm. dabbled in cuttings. Even then when I finally started dealing with it in 2014, all of the emotions started coming out again. Mm. I was raised in a dysfunctional home by the time I was in high school and college. Uh, alcoholism, my dad was an alcoholic. So we did an intervention on my dad. So we had all these things going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I was mad at God for the longest time. Why mm-hmm. would you allow all that to happen? Mm-hmm. Any one of those things is a lot for, for our life. And all of Absolutely. that came my way. Right. I'm like, right. why, God? Why did you let all that happen? Mm-hmm. What did I do? And I thought it was something I did wrong. And it took a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of love. Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't until 2014, so seven years ago, that I really started doing the hard work. I've been blessed with a fantastic Christian counselor. I've been with her 13 years now. That's great. And and I met her because I lost a very dear friend, and three years after Mallory had passed, I was still grieving her like it was yesterday. My Mm -hmm. eating disorder, Mm -hmm. uh, red flags were coming back, so my counselor Mm -hmm. connected me with Amanda. Mm -hmm. And through that, Amanda helped me realize a lot of things I never even realized. I never realized there was some spiritual abuse in my life. Mm-hmm. So there was that too. So I had a lot of reckonings that I never knew were happening. Mm-hmm. So all this is stirring things. And I was starting to implode again. In 2014, I, I was we were dealing with the rape for the first time. And I, I, just, I was just an emotional mess. And I came across a movie uh, called Ragamuffin. And it was based on the life of the late late Christian musician, Rich Mullins. Mm -hmm. And it was a very hard watch for me. The first 20 minutes, I did a lot of secret wiping of the tears of, oh, I got something in my eye, mom, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Because I couldn't let anybody know Uh that Sue was hurting. That was the whole thing. My whole life had been premised on a mask. I had been, I played the game that I was okay. Like when my eating disorder started in college, it started because I got uncomfortable my mind, because I wasn't feeding my body correctly and everything else that was going on, my mind was not interpreting things correctly. Mm -hmm. So I went to a small college in Northwest Ohio called defiance college. And through that, we had one dining hall. And over time I I became known as, you know, I was over-involved activity Mm -hmm. became my number because I, if I didn't have to think, I didn't have to feel. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have to feel, I didn't have to deal with my stuff. Right, and I didn't want right. to deal with my stuff. So if I kept busy, all that took care of everything else. Busyness kept me from having to think, mm-hmm. having to feel, having to deal. So I was in dining hall, and I, w- I would have enjoyed another serving of food. Very human need. Food. It mm-hmm. feeds us. It keeps, right. us, keeps us going. But God forbid that anyone knew that Sue had a need because Sue didn't, Sue had it all together. That's how, what I painted for myself. So my mind interpreted it that everybody in quotes was going to be looking at me if I went up for more food. And that would mean that Sue was exposed because Sue suddenly was known to have, have a need. So instead I learned to curb my hunger. I dumped my tray and got out of Dodge and I learned to snack instead. So my eating disorder is OSFED, it's Other Specified Feeding and Eating Disorder. It's not one of the big threes, but there are so many other eating disorders. Mm -hmm. I had, and basically means I don't meet all the diagnostic criteria for, for any eating disorder, anorexia, or bulimia, but I still had to see ordered eating. So all this was coming to head when Mallory passed, got connected with Amanda. We were working on things, 2014, we finally started dealing with the rape. Then this movie came along until they totally wrecked my life <laughs> in a re- in every good way and <laughs> every good, in way, every it good way. It, it, it? Uh, it yeah. smashed it to smithereens. So over the course of time, man and I are working on everything mm-hmm. that comes up about authenticity and masks mm-hmm. and bringing everything up. And this retreat comes up walking stick retreats. And they started to just have a retreat to continue the conversation of the themes. I went into that first retreat calling myself the Holy Exception I had believed the lie of the enemy saying that I was too far gone, too screwed up, and just a waste of time. I believed that I called myself the holy exception, that Mm -hmm. everything in the Bible was good enough for everybody else but me. And by the time that retreat was over, I left there for the first time saying and starting to believe Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is absolutely crazy about me, and he not only loves me, he likes
1: me. Praise God. That's wonderful. And,
2: and, and one of the staff had had since said that, uh, she, she said she kind of called it a hail Mary for me. Could I, could God really love me and could his kids really love me? Mm -hmm. That's where the transformation started happening. As I started, I dared to believe that God
1: could love me. That's awesome. Uh, you know, um, First of all, explain the walking stick retreat, because I'm sure that went by real quick. So why do they call it a walking stick retreat?
2: Everybody needs help along the journey. When you're mm-hmm. on a journey, when you're on a hike, you usually have a walking stick to right, support right. you, to, to have a stabilizing force, mm-hmm. to ha- have something with you. Mm-hmm. And a and walking stick, the walking stick retreat is a community of believers who mm-hmm. are with you for the journey. Um, you know, Kathy sprinkles, part of the team, and yeah.
1: a number of other other yeah. people. Yeah, love Kathy. Uh, She's great, love her, love yeah. her.
2: It's all her fault. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy,
1: I hope you listen to this because we're you blaming do, you. Yes, yeah, it's all your fault, Sprinkle. <laughs> uh, well, that's neat. You know, you said something very powerful, Sue, that I want to just kind of p- go back and pick up on. It's it was just so important because I, and that is the power of the lies. Mm-hmm. You know, you already talked about you know the power of the secret mm-hmm. of not telling and just holding that in and and boy I tell you what it 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 is so wonderful when somebody finally finds the courage mm-hmm. and finds a safe place to be able to open up and say here's what really happened and to break the power of the secret mm-hmm. but the but the other tie that holds so many people that I see is just what you said calling yourself the holy exception mm-hmm. the power of the lie yep. you know it Jesus said you will know the truth it'll be the truth that will set you free. Yep. So if the truth sets you free, then it's the lie that holds you and imprisons you. Right. And it's only when you come to know the truth, and of course, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. But coming to address those lies, um, I, I just came from a youth camp, I spoke to youth camps, and on both of the youth camps, I addressed this matter because the lie really is what holds people. And probably you see that even in, in some of the work you do, don't
2: oh, you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, very much so. And, and I think even with the lie, the challenge is that our mind twists it. The enemy blinds us mm-hmm. to think that the lie is the truth.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and
2: we have to have other people in our lives and invite them, take the risk to invite them in mm-hmm. who will start showing us the lies we're believing. Because if we don't, we're we're living in our circle, where we think the lie is truth, and we're not going to get anywhere. That's we right. have to have others that are going to help us out of the pit.
1: Right. It's like back when it, people used to believe the world was flat. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lie, right. but that's what people believed, and therefore they operated on that whole assumption mm-hmm. that the world was flat, which was their reality, right. even though it wasn't true. Right. But that but it happens in all of our lives uh, because really everything goes back to what we really believe. And if we don't challenge the beliefs, we never change the behavior. Mm -hmm. If we don't go back and change the beliefs, which affect the way we think, the way we feel, the -hmm. way we operate, and then the results that come in our lives. But Mm -hmm. we have to go back and address those. And like you said, most of us need outside help Mm -hmm. to show us the error of our way. But that has to be done in a loving way, doesn't it?
2: Very much so. And and that was what Change, started to change for me mm-hmm. when the first couple years i was in denial about my story i didn't like my story mm-hmm. so i didn't want to accept it mm-hmm. so i had to get to the hardcore place of saying yeah this really happened to me and it stinks mm-hmm. and it hurts and life is real a real mess right now because until you get to that point you're not going to get anywhere that's so, so, true. so that is, that's what happened for me that first year at that retreat through the moving, mm-hmm. through the retreat was just, I found a place where it was okay to not be okay. And that mm-hmm. was, that was what I needed. I could mm-hmm. let down my mask. I could just be broken. Mm-hmm. And I was a shattered mess.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and when I accepted that story, as God kept working on that over the course of the next year, then he took me to the point of having to grieve my story. And that was equally hard, if not harder, Mm -hmm. because going back to the eating disorder, emotions are not my friend because I shut off my emotions. Right. So I, through all this, you know, I have all these emotional things going on and I have a war within myself of trying not to shut off my emotions that I have been enemies with my entire life. And then knowing that I had to work through that to get where I wanted to go. And finally by, about the third year, 2016, is where things started changing for me. Back to your point, was that I finally believe that I am valuable to God. Amen. That is when things started to change. Yeah. It took a lot of love and a lot of hard work through that. It, mm. it may not happen overnight. For me, it did not happen overnight. Mm-hmm. But it happened at just the right pace right. so I could do all the hard work to truly embrace the treasure of being God's daughter.
1: Amen. That's wonderful. I'm going to ask you a question, mm-hmm. and, it, and I may be wrong. So if I am to say, Mark, you're wrong. I will. Okay. Well, yeah. I have no problem well. with I that. I'm a life that. coach. I, I call called <laughs> to the carpet. You'll call me out. But I really believe that it's almost impossible for people to understand love and acceptance from God if they don't experience it horizontally from other people.
2: Oh, dead on.
1: And, and I think that as I hear your story and as I hear so many stories and even my story, mm-hmm. that element of that seeing that love, people loving me when I'm still mm-hmm. not, I'm still putting it, I'm, I'm in that in between, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, where I was and where I want to be. I'm in this in between land, but they love me anyway, accept mm-hmm. me for where I am. And that's. Do you believe that's probably true that you have to experience almost on that horizontal level?
2: Uh, Absolutely. Because if you think back to anyone who's struggling and and you come up to them and say, God loves you. Mm -mm, That's mm -mm. not my experience Mm -mm. because if, if they have things that are in the way of their relationship with God, they're not going to open themselves up to let him show Mm -hmm. in his way, in a direct way, in that way. So he, he will use his kids. Mm-mm. And because he knows that we will, we crave relationships is how yes. we were we were designed that's for fellowship, right. mm-hmm. so if we can take that risk and it's a risk, but if we can lower that guard a little bit and take dare to believe that God loves you and He's going to do that through other people, mm-hmm. you have yes you have to have that if you're not if that's not your your individual experience right you're not going to buy it. You're going to think it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's really God trying to find whatever angle you will let him in because he wants to be your friend. He wants to love you and he will do it through his kids. He, that's the way he's designed it. That's why he sent Jesus. Yeah, And that's, that's, why, right. that's why we're Christ followers is to be like Jesus, yeah. is to love others.
1: Love one another as I have loved you.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly,
1: That's powerful. Well, let's come to the present uh, today. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what is Sue doing today? Oh, and, uh, so, and how did all of this mess end up becoming part of your message?
2: Wow. A lot of hard work, mm-hmm. a lot of hard work. I, I, like I said, I've been with Amanda for 13 years now. I lost my mom last October. Mm-hmm. We're still working through that. I was her caregiver. So there's still a lot of the current mm-hmm. hurt that I'm dealing with mm-hmm. and, and you, you're, you're all, we're always going to have something in our lives. Right. But for me, how it all kind of transitioned was that, first of all, that pivotal point when I started to believe I was valuable to God, mm-hmm. I had been writing my book, and I kind of played with it, and it kind of took a different form. And as I started to heal, the book kind of started coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, I started the book in 2015. Mm-hmm. It started out as a devotional book, and then it kind of morphed into something else. It, right. That what well, you were talking about at the at the end of each chapter, where I say this much I know. Yes, and I have a little thing mm-hmm. that that was an original concept that remains, uh, but it it took on a whole different different summary aspect of it. But as I started to heal, then I wanted. And I started to believe that, that I had a story and that my story was worth telling. That was right, the big thing right. was that as I started to understand my value with God mm-hmm. and that he doesn't do anything that doesn't deserve glory. Right. So right. my story was worth being told to give him glory and to show his power mm-hmm. that he took a totally shattered life. Where I was ready to kill myself twice, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was ready to, you know, I was imploding already. Mm-hmm. And now he's totally turned it around. So, um, 2016, I was dealing with eating disorder for the first mm-hmm. time. My counselor mm-hmm. was not relenting this time, even right. though I'd bypassed right. it every other time in the past. So I took a year off, Heck, because it was emotions. Mm-hmm. And then, as things continued to heal, the book just took took on a whole different right. different aspect. Right. It really started coming out. So the book came out in 2019. It's self-published. It's on Amazon and Kindle, and uh, it won second place nonfiction at the Faith and Fellowship Book Festival in twenty twenty, oh, which was
1: great. I, I, yeah. I was, I was, yeah.
2: I was so honored. Um, and then you know, the speaking started taking off mm-hmm. as I started healing from my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Started speaking at a local high school. for Mm -hmm. for their health classes Mm -hmm. and then i started started presenting at state conferences for ohio college personnel association and last year and this year i'm presenting at the advancing school mental health national conference in dc those are both virtual right now so now i'm presenting at national conferences oh that's speaking of wherever there's an opportunity Uh, then the life coaching came on Uh so it just continued to build because as i came to peace with my story Mm -hmm. and let god heal then i started realizing that he's not healing me just for me, that there is a message that needs to get out yes. and that he has now mm-hmm. given me the platform and he has given me his story to share. Yes. And, and that, you know, all those times I was so hacked off at God or why did you let this happen to me? And you don't love me. And all these things mm-hmm. are now allowing me to relate to so many people. That's I was great. last week. I, I participated in something called healing our warriors. It's a, day long conference a friend friend does it's a 501 c3 c3 and through that even just see, hearing the hearing the stories of the people who went through it mm-hmm. one of the things i'm doing with that now is at, they do a, a one-day mission each month mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. the next month i'm doing doing a four-week group session with those people to help them with their goals and their relationships and, and the things that god put on their heart and started working in their life yeah. so
1: yeah.
2: as i heal i'm able to give back
1: that's great. That's great. Well, Sue, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, give our listeners some information, like uh, where can they find out more about you? Where could they get your book again? Title of your book? Sure. Any information you'd like to share? Please share that if you sure.
2: want. Sure. The book is on Amazon and Kindle. It's called "My This Much I Know, The, State, the Space Between and you also find links on it at my website which is mystepahead.com. Mm-hmm. okay and then um, also on my, my my speaker page is suebowls.com i'm in, i'm on instagram facebook twitter under my step ahead my step ahead is my is the business name everything mm-hmm. is taking place under that the concept about that is you only have to be a step ahead to help the person behind you mm-hmm. that is the power of our story right. we don't have to right. have it all figured out we don't have to arrive to for god to use mm-hmm. us because as we reach back to help the person that we're ahead of, we're still reaching forward to get the help and support we need. And we form a human chain of support.
1: So that's, that's the best way. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sue, for coming, being on the podcast today and listeners. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you being part of the hope along the journey podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. So uh, send us an email or connect with us somehow. Um, If you're listening, And you can leave us some feedback on the podcast venue that you listen to. Please do that. We'd love for you to leave some positive um, notes for us or give us a nice rating. That would be so much appreciated. Thank you for listening today. As I always say, and will continue to say, uh, if you need hope, just look to Jesus. He is the hope of the world, and he will give you hope along the journey.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.